This is Cab, College Career and Beyond, where we try to keep you ahead of the game and not behind the game. Today's episode was looked at three jobs that will be around for the next 30 to 50 years and how unemployment has become a scam. I want to get right to it. Before we can talk about these three future or current jobs that are going to be around for the next 30 to 50 years, let's go right to unemployment, ladies and gentlemen. Unemployment is a scam. A straight big scam. Unemployment is is, is is taking a different turn. And to understand that, understand this, actually, we have to go back in time, back in history. Uh, so let's give some brief context and go right into this scam. Uh, unemployment insurance has been around since 1920s. Now, some may argue that it's been around since the 1910s, but for sure, early 1900s. The United States was studying how the English and the Germans apply unemployment benefits to assist those who have been laid off or had just gotten old, right? People who get old and can no longer work in these uh, uh, labor markets anymore, right? In fact, Wisconsin uh, was the first state to implement unemployment benefits in the U.S. during the 1930s and the 1920s. So uh, this concept of unemployment benefits is not a new idea, right? So people thinking that the United States uh, invented uh, this concept of unemployment, this is not a new idea. It's been around in other countries uh, and other states before our United States have adopted it, right? This is CAB, College, Korea, and Beyond, where we try to keep you ahead of the game and not behind the game. Now, what makes this interesting is this. Back in the 1920s and the 30s, uh, there were forward thinking businesses that thought it was necessary to have unemployment benefits to help stabilize the economy. This was well documented and has been documented um, on our government website. So if you wanted to check it out, uh, our own government has documented this. Right. They have a, 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 a lot of data on this fact. But if you want to get some brief uh, reading on it, you can go to Social Security Administration dot gov. That is Social Security Administration dot gov. And I have other websites, too, if you're interested. To, and I can send you those link if you're interested. In other words, if it wasn't for unemployment benefits, many forward thinking conservative companies estimated that their companies would be impacted or destroyed. And so if you're thinking about the 1910s and 1920s, what they saw was uh, as unemployment increased uh, and people didn't have ways of survival, they would go into these factories or these workplaces and ravage them or take them over or simply set them on fire. Right. So this created a big panic and a big scare for business owners. Right. Uh, if you give people and they realized this back then, if you give people who are not working a monthly check or stipend of some sort to keep them just afloat uh, and, and maintaining and, and just moving forward, uh, they stimulate the economy. So the business people from back then said, look, it's not just protecting our business, but they spend the money back to the business. They come back and spend the money back into the communities. And also it stimulates the economy. Right. So these people will go buy milk. Right. They'll go. Well, not water back then, but, you know, barrels, bread, clothes. And back then with coal, you know, to keep uh, their, their, their house warm or cooking. Right. So coal was a big uh, uh, factor back then. So this uh, fed the community and has also fed the economy. So these business forward thinking people's like, you know, you just can't leave these people out there 
uh, starving and hungry and, and is helpless, we got to figure out how to provide resources for these folks uh, so they can sustain themselves. And they also found that these people were not uh, would not stay on unemployment long. Right. Uh, they will only be on unemployment uh, temporarily, most of them, and they will get back on their feet. So not only does it stimulate the economy and also helps the business, but it also gets the people back on their feet, right? They can feed their families again. Uh, some of them can buy homes and, or, 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 or start to rent property, right? And be able to provide for their families. So in other words, unemployment was a great idea. So back in the 1910s and 1920s, even before our government or the United States adopted this concept, they saw the, you know, and of course the United States got pressured uh, to create this uh, unemployment uh, benefit uh, program, but they saw the benefit long term that this thing made a lot of sense. So it wasn't just trying to uh, keep people um, at home because <laughs> there was no TV back then, just sitting back in the couch doing nothing. But it was just to get them back into the market. And they saw there was a lot of great benefits there. Uh, and it saved a lot of businesses and it saved the economy uh, or brought the economy back to par. The real conservatives understood back then, right, the progressive, uh, uh, the progressive real conservative back then understood, you know, like, you know, this was a safe haven for all parties. This is CAB, college, career and beyond, where we try to keep you ahead of the game and not behind the game. Now, today, let's now we now let's come back to today. Today, unemployment has become a scam. So if you think about the conservative uh, uh, businesses from back 1910s, 1920, 1930s, they created unemployment to benefit and, and work with people who are, were no longer in the workforce. Right. Um and this money was to help develop these people uh, get back on their feet to move forward. Now, today, uh, unemployment uh, and also welfare has been redirected, ladies and gentlemen. They have pulled some money out from this this pool to guess what? Support who now? That's right. If, if, you, if Yes, that's right. This money now has been reversed. So rather than help the poor working class, middle class community, this money is now going to the super mega rich. Uh huh. Now, how is this possible? You may be asking. Uh, and, and what program has been created to do this kind of or create this kind of ridiculous support system, right? For the super like like they don't like they need more support, right? They don't need more support. But this program exists. Uh, this program that was created was called TARP. Right. Tarp. Um, and uh, I don't know how in the world uh, unemployment benefits went from going and helping the working poor and the elderly to not helping Wall Street and the mega rich companies. And now Tarp stands for Troubled Asset Relief Program. I'll say that again. Troubled Asset Relief Program. Uh, Tarp uh, in the early 2000s uh, under the Bush uh uh, era was $700 billion. So $700 billion went to these companies. And can you believe uh, some of these expenses? Some of these people bought private. Uh, well, before I even get to what they bought, can you believe $700 billion? I don't even know what you can do with a million dollars, but let alone $700 billion for people who are already wealth, rich and wealthy. Oh my gosh. So let me just go right to it. Uh, so now these mega rich and wealthy uh, companies have their own welfare, right? Now, if you can't find it on the TARP, uh, uh, in 2008, 
the name uh, or the policy that or the act that was created was called Emergency Economic Stabilization Act. Right. Let me say that again. Emergency Economic Stabilization Act. Uh, this is the new welfare slash um, unemployment benefits, uh, even though they're not unemployed, uh, for the super rich and the wealthy now. Now, that's how they uh, they get their monies now. So they, they, they attack the poor. Right. And, and complain about, you know, we we enabling these people uh, to do nothing with their lives. And then they take the money, right, uh, through great lobbying and, and pressure on our presidents, and they create this way to fund the money back to themselves. Who would have thought it? Oh, my gosh. A big scam. So they can go ahead and buy more private planes. And this is documented. So seven, well, now under the 2008 revision um, version of it, right, uh, these people, uh, rather than get Seven hundred billion, they get four hundred and fifty or four hundred billion dollars to help them get out of water or hot heat. So when they uh, documented how this money was being spent, they tracked some of these folks and they found that some of these people were buying private planes. What in the world? Private planes. Right. So we were paying for these mega rich people to get more toys, private planes. Uh, uh, There was uh, documentations of people buying twenty thousand dollar umbrellas. That's right. Twenty thousand dollar umbrellas. So where uh, you have people who can barely afford an umbrella. uh, Here we are giving tarp money to these mega rich people so they can buy twenty thousand dollar umbrellas where we have people here could barely uh, pay their own bills and stay in their own homes. Right. Uh, Who can't even put gas in their own cars. But here we are. Helping people not just buy $20,000 umbrellas, not just buy private planes, but some of these people bought uh, 80-foot private yachts, right? They bought 80-foot private yachts. Wow. This is Cab, College, Korea, and Beyond, where we try to keep you ahead of the game, not behind the game. That's right. And if anyone has ever been in unemployment in the last eight years, shoot, the last three, you know I'm right. Especially these last three years, right? They limit you on how many times you can apply. So if you're a working class or working poor or middle class and you've been laid off or, you know, your company has shut down because of, you know, what's going on with AI or new technologies or, you know, mergers. uh, You know what I'm talking about when you go to unemployment line, right? Uh, They limit you on how many times you can apply, right? You have to wait a year or when the term is up to reapply. Uh, you spend hours, if not days, trying to get a hold of someone to talk to on the phone. And this is nuts. Uh, I mean, I remember being on employment trying to figure out a cheat code to get, you know, to talk to someone. And it was just a crazy hassle. And if you don't, if you have bad reception, you can hang it up. Right. Uh, no pun intended. And biweekly, you have to demonstrate uh, that you've been looking for work. So you have to document in every two weeks that you've been looking for work. Now, I wonder if the people who are billionaires, right, who are getting this tarp money, do they have to go through the same hassle? You're right. They don't. Uh, they can do what they please and do what they want. And you have to figure out how to survive, right? Because now when, when you're unemployed and you're working middle class, you're not getting full check. They give you less than 30% of your check. So you make less than 30% of your income. You got to survive on that. And all this while the mega rich go buy new mansions on tarp money. That's right. You can. That's also been documented. These people use the tarp money to buy new new mansions. Right. Not that they uh, they didn't like their old mansions, but they wanted to buy new mansions. And my goodness. So 
Uh, so while the poor get ridiculed and attacked, you have the wealthy who have their own welfare uh, system where they can just spend the money and just go party and buy these toys, right? Where the working class and middle class are just left to rot. Uh, how about taking some of this money, in my opinion, to pay student loans, right? Rather than give these companies TARP money, you know, some of that money should come back to help uh, get rid of student loans, right? Uh, to help people with free childcare, giving teachers and educators bigger salaries, or hiring more full-time positions in education, right? Or creating more affordable housing. Now, I'm just saying I'm not here to, you know, to be uh, an activist or anything like that. I'm just saying that I think there's ways to redirect that money where it can come back to the community and stimulate the economy. Because I don't know someone... I don't understand how someone uh, buying a brand new plane, a jet for themselves, uh, is going to stimulate the uh, economy. I don't see how that's going to work. Or somebody buying these yachts uh, is going to stimulate the economy. But I can see you putting that money back into someone who went to school uh, and and have student loan debt, uh, paying off their debt. And I can see that person uh, going buying a house. Right. I can see that uh, person. giving back to the community and stimulating the economy because not only would probably they buy a house, they'll probably buy a car, you know, they'll go back right into the economy. So this taking it back to the 1910s and 1920s, this progressive conservative way of thinking, because you save more money this way. Right. Uh, so I mean, and that's my opinion. Now we have the tech giant Elon Musk saying, right, Elon Musk. So if you don't know who that is, right, that's Tesla. So now we have the big tech giant Elon Musk saying uh, we need another form of welfare uh, or unemployment benefits for the working poor and the crumbling middle class. Now, Elon Musk today, right, you can see him in, in a lot of various interviews and uh, in the United States and, and around the world saying that AI and technology is advancing so rapidly that a lot of people are going to be out of work, right? And he predicts uh, that over 30% of human human jobs will be replaced by AI in just a matter of a couple of years. And he is saying just to give these people a check, forget all the extra stuff. So he's like, you know, all these extra hoops, uh, hoops that people have to go through, let's eliminate that, right? Let's just give them a check because we know we have no plans, right? He's saying there is no plan to save these jobs or bring these people back into the workforce, right? Because technology is just moving so rapid and so fast. And um, he's thinking like the conservative progressive business from back in the 1920s, right? Who developed this idea of unemployment benefits to stabilize the uh, economy because he feels like these people are going to spend the money back into the community anyway, right? Uh, this is Cab College Korean Beyond, where we try to keep you ahead of the game and not behind the game. Now, this is interesting, right? Because we're talking about that these are three phases of unemployment. We have the 1910s, 1920s version uh, that came into fruition into the 1930s in the United States. Uh, and now we have this new 2000 uh, version, right? Uh, Post 9-11, where now the money has been redirected uh, to the wealthy, uh, when it used to be for the working class and the middle class and in the United States. And now we have these tech giants, especially um, Elon Musk, saying, look, you think it's bad now. It's going to be extremely worse later. And we have no plans to bring these people back into the workforce. We have to create or generate new ways to just give these people some form of income. Right. 
there are many people who are unemployed because they could not find a job. So there's a lot of people who have long term unemployment, right, who cannot reapply for unemployment. So when we look at the numbers and they talk about it being five, six, seven percent, those numbers are not real because they're not tracking the people who are on long term unemployment. Right. Uh, so there's a lot. The numbers have been skewed. So when they say, oh, unemployment is going down, what they're telling you, they're not tracking the rest of the people who've been kind of just moved out or shoved out uh, the the tracking system. And then you also have people who get frustrated in trying to reapply for benefits because it's not easy to apply for those benefits. It's highly frustrating, especially if you don't have the technology or the computer or know the whereabouts or the language on which to submit your form. Because if you say the wrong thing, you automatically get disqualified, right? It's designed, right? This unemployment is designed to wear poor people and working middle class families out. So it wears you out, stresses you out. It, it, it stresses you out. It humiliates you, right? Demoralizes you. So, um, you know, unemployment is not a fun experience. Anybody who's been on it, right? Uh, these people have been working for these jobs. These are people who've been working around these jobs for 20 or 30 years who now have to re-identify themselves in the workforce. And it's hard, you know, anybody who... Um, I mean, I imagine working somewhere for 20, 30 years and that company shuts down. How do you go back into the workforce? Because, you know, there's a lot of elderly out there who should have been retired. And I don't know if people have been paying attention, but, you know, a lot of the elderly are going back to work. Uh, Used to be retirement was 65, uh, 70. Now you got people who are still working to their 80s and 85. So this is just insane. Right. Um, This is what's going on right now. I'm not making it up. and now these companies have closed their doors. And I'm not just talking about private sector. We're talking about nonprofit sectors and many more. Right now, what happens when these people lose their jobs and, and find it incredibly difficult to find work? Right. So now we're looking at the effects or the impacts of unemployment. Well, obviously, depression kicks in. Right. Um, I remember when I first uh, lost my major job and being depressed and and feeling like humiliated and, and worthless. I remember what that felt like. And then going to the line and then and, and when you're trying to apply, you're trying to remember all the things you've done. You know, you're trying to figure out how to do a resume. I didn't know how to do any of those things, resume or what a CV was. And I was I was just in the dark and I felt so embarrassed. And then you, you go making one thing. And then when you go back to the workforce, you're making like less than what you used to make. And it's just... Not only frustrating, demoralizing, it's just, it's a roller coaster of emotions of the, I mean, it's just, it's just wild. So I have to figure out how to get myself out of that. I remember these, I remember that, you know, and um, just freshly being married and just trying to figure out what I'm going to do, not feeling like a man, you know, because you get taught that, you know, the man brings the, you know, all that sexist ideology as far as what manhood is. So anyway, I remember those things, right? But, and, 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 and and these things have not changed. These are the same emotions and, and, and things that people are dealing with now. Um, and so with uh, depression, uh, probably going to be on a rise, right? And there's already documentation showing that depression has been on a rise in the last few years. Um, you know, you're going to have these jobs where uh, you're going to meet therapists, right? Right. So if you're thinking about jobs and the future jobs, well, a lot of the future jobs are going to be around the centered around these areas. Right. When you're providing some type of service. So therapists are going to be around uh, these, these these family therapists, these uh, child uh, therapists, these uh, economic therapists are going to be around 
uh, for the next uh, 50 years. Right. And of course, along with people losing their work, studies show that people tend to uh, consume uh, drugs, whether it's prescription drugs or illegal drugs. Right. So drug market is going to kind of skyrocket. So uh, for those who are going to be in this market, psychiatric nurse or, you know, pharmaceutical uh, uh, companies, these are going to, this is, you know, and let me, pharmaceutical companies, let's just listen. Amazon just purchased a license to sell drugs online. So that's another conversation we're going to talk about. So these pharmaceutical companies are going to be competing with Amazon. This is insane. So anyway, um, we'll talk about that in another episode. But yes, so drugs. So if you're going to work in a pharmaceutical um, uh, testing lab, you know, or you're going to be uh, a psychiatric uh, specialist, you can, you're going to be the one kind of prescribing medicine or assessing people. These jobs are going to be around for the next 40, 50 years easily. Um, and of course, what tends to happen is obesity. Um, people tend to gain weight. So these are just factors that um, kind of impact people when they uh, uh, come off work. So uh, health coaches are going to be necessary, right? Uh, people uh, who are going to be helping people get back on their feet, working out, exercising, staying healthy, because another thing that shows that health kind of tends to decline when people don't have the financial support or the infrastructure to stay afloat and keep moving forward. Uh, so people tend to have poor eating diets, right? So health coaches will be prominent uh, dietitians. Uh, so uh, this idea of a dietitian that can create affordable, healthy meals to provide or even provide tutorials, right? So, uh, so that's an, that's an idea, right? So, uh, right now, a lot of the market is geared and when we talk about juice bars and we talk about, uh, these healthy way of living is geared to upper class, middle class families and they're very expensive, but, uh, there's future data showing that there are going to be markets for poor working families who can't afford the expensive stuff, but can still partake in and be a part of this, uh, these ventures and, and this healthy lifestyle, right? That's what it's called, healthy lifestyle. So entrepreneurs who can create alternative and affordable juice lounges uh, for this population will be in dire need, right? If you can create an affordable way of doing this, you're going to be popular. You're going to be probably taking over the market there. Everybody cannot afford juice it up. Let's just be honest, right? Back in the Depression or the recession era, there were always alternatives for poor communities, and ask yourself, especially New Yorkers, uh, why you think when uh, juices got expensive that this, uh, someone invented the idea of the quarter water? That's right. Uh, a quarter water. You can go into a store with the quarter and buy a juice for 25 cents. And it was called quarter water back in New York City. They probably still sell them, too, right now. Uh, or the 50 cent soda, right? When sodas got so expensive, Pepsi and Coca-Cola, these alternative drinks came out. Uh, rather than being a dollar twenty-five or two dollars, they were fifty cents. So you know, there was always an alternative market out there uh, for people who were looking for affordable ways to partake uh, and whatever culture that was has been going on uh, for centuries. Now I'm just saying, uh, whenever there is an unaffordable, well, whenever there is an unfavorable market uh, for the working class and middle class communities, uh, food, health, and wellness markets seem to boom. Right. This is his, this historically factual, right? Uh, so whenever the recession or these things happen or, or depression happen, these uh, uh, food, health, and wellness markets kind of just take a boom and they, and they just kind of 
uh, rise to the occasion. Uh, this is Cab College Career and Beyond, where we try to keep you ahead of the game and not behind the game. If you want to pick a career that has great results in helping people, make sure to pick uh, college majors or, or college major uh, or degrees around things relating around food, health, and wellness. Okay, let me say that again. Food, health, and wellness. Now, I said there was going to be three jobs. I gave away five, six, seven jobs that you can do there, right? From entrepreneurial ventures to just uh, in the medical field or pharmaceutical field. So, yeah, you can just delve in there and, and, and figure out what you want to do. That's your passion and figure out how you can help people at the same time. And notice I didn't say doctor, right? That old way of thinking doctor. Uh, in the future, uh, in a future podcast, we will talk about how cell phone apps are replacing doctors. And I know they're going to be like, what are you saying? This is, yeah, this is crazy. People, when they get sick, uh, the first thing they do, they used to call it theos, right? Their aunts or uncles and, or actually moms, like, what, you know, what they have. But now they look at their cell phones, right? Um, and their cell phones are, are, are becoming advanced. And this nanotechnology now, the, the nanotechnology has improved dramatically where it can check blood pressure, oxygen rates, blood sugar levels, and give full physicals without going to the hospital. This technology has been out for the last 10 years. This is crazy. Nurses and nurse practitioners will be around, but doctors, you know, not as much. And we can talk about this because uh, this is CAB, College, Career, and Beyond, where we try to keep you ahead of the game and not behind the game. Stay tuned for the next episode where we bring in special guests.